way better. Wait, what do you mean? Is it not? Is it an SFW? No, I'm, we're recording now, and it's Death Stranding stuff. So. Oh yeah, we just talked a I don't bunch want, about Death Stranding. Uh, I talked a lot about Death Stranding. Hi, yeah. welcome to the Empty Glass Podcast. This, this is, is Matt. Matt. And today we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and today Stefan is still topicless, so I'll just kind of pull something out of my ass. Anyway, how are you doing today, Matt? Great. Thank you for asking, Thanks. Stefan. Yeah, this it's is totally wonderful... not the same day that we recorded the last episode. Yeah, all. that's why we weren't still talking about Death Stranding. Anyway, so I want to talk about mm, penis. Yeah, I mean, okay, first off, it's really uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, it really is. And sometimes when you, like, wake up in the morning... Okay, I won't go there. Yeah, all right, so the actual thing I want to talk about Holy shit, I keep remembering it then forgetting it. And what is Joker. wrong with you? That's it. Joker. Joker. Okay, Joker. Okay. Joker. So Joker. Joker just got a notification that it's one of the most profitable movies of all time. Right. It's the it's the largest box office R-rated movie release. No, no, no. It is one of the most profitable movies of all time, meaning its general budget to the amount it's earned is staggering. Right. I mean, it was fairly low budget. Which means that uh so I wanted to ask your opinion about that because Endgame is one of the highest grossing movies of all time, but Disney has a fuck ton of money and they put a lot of money into that movie. Yeah. So I think the fact that Warner Brothers has probably earned more just from spending a lower budget. Yep. It, I think it shows a lot for... It, it happens. Um, it happens a lot, dude. The uh, I'm trying to think of a really good example of like a low budget movie that just went flying. Clerks, really. Uh, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, but but Clerks is probably... Oh, Clerks has turned into an entire franchise. It made Kevin Smith's career. Yeah, I mean, and he made that movie by dropping out of college. I don't know if he dropped out of college. Okay, Kevin Smith, if you're ever listening, which I know you won't, I'm sorry if I said that. Also, <laughs> I love you. He didn't drop out of college. But I know for sure he worked at the store that he filmed at. He would work uh, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., and then close the store down, and they would start shooting at midnight and shoot midnight to 4 a.m. So he would sleep for two hours a day. And they did that, I think, for like an entire month or something. And he conjured up $11,000. 11 whole dollars. No, but he conjured up $11,000 to make clerks and sold his car to make it happen. And uh, that's kind of like what I see. So Joker, I guess what they mean by that, saying it's the most profitable film ever made is that when they were writing it and that they were getting people to invest into the movie, there probably wasn't as many investors. Uh, it was probably hard to pull around because of course an R rated, you know, Joker movie. Uh, finally it all boils down to this, the cost of production ver and overhead versus the cost of income and, or versus the, the income rate. So if your overhead and your upfront costs are under, so say Avengers is like a $250 million film. Mm -hmm. That's how much it costs to make Avengers. Um, I think this was like 30, Probably two, like 32, 40, 40 yeah. million, 50 million. I think it was 32 million. We're probably in the 50 million zone. Um, but that is, that is like along the same lines as Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Even Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them probably has a bigger budget than Joker. But essentially, they've made all their money back on then some and then some and then some and then some. So yeah, they've they've really uh, that's that's awesome, man. That's congratulations to one of them. Twenty five million budget. Wow, that's it. Yeah, that's so tiny. 
Yeah, I mean, that's small. I'm sure they had a that's much a higher... That's a lot back in the day, but nowadays that's nothing. I imagine that they had a much higher budget to use, but they wanted to go for more gritty, down-earth approach. So that's probably why they didn't end up spending most of it. No, that's true. That's um, true. Which is admirable as shit. That's probably what appeals to it so much. But did you also hear... Because I know you still haven't seen the movie, but you know that there's the trailer where he's on the stairs. Of course. The stairs have become really popular. Yeah, it's become a meme. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, All right, so yeah, just real quick, just to butt in for a quick second. Terminator Dark Fate has a budget of $185 million. Yeah. So there you go. And it's lukewarm at best reception. Even Maleficent... The Mistress of Evil, the Disney movie, the Disney movie, has a budget of 185 million. So there you go. Even yeah. the movie uh, Good Boys with the kids in it, 20 million. So essentially, <laughs> it's that's crazy to think about. Joker costs five million dollars more than Good Boys to make. Uh, as of October 21st, it's made over 737 million dollars wow that's insane that's over 700 percent. yeah that's crazy good job yeah good job good job brothers and let's not forget to thank the grand poobah who started it all mr ryan reynolds no from our first successful r-rated no comic book he didn't listen he didn't let's not go there you don't think Ryan Reynolds caused the startup of all? The, I think he's the beginning of all this. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. he may have shown that R-rated movies are profitable. Right. But let's not forget that DC put themselves in a fucking hole, and yeah. they were willing to do anything to get themselves out of it. True. So we don't know circumstances, whether Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool helped or not. It's very, it's very likely. It's a possibility. But I don't want to give full credit to that when there was people in Joker who did a lot of hard work. I think Todd Phillips and Joaquin totally. Phoenix deserve no. The, I don't want to ever say that, praise. but what I'm saying is just you know it's it's cool to see that. I'm what I'm trying to make a point on is just since Deadpool, this has really been the trend. Yeah, you know, well, everyone's we don't, really kind of. We don't know if we're gonna get Deadpool three. Well, they've talked about it. But. I don't really care if we don't, but it's just. Yeah, I really don't care if we don't. <laughs> I like Deadpool 1 and 2, and they're so good on their own that if they never make another Deadpool, I'm fine. We got four hours of Deadpool on screen as Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I'm completely uh, cool I'm with it. I'm cool with that. It's just, it's just that it's a trend-setting thing. You know what I mean? Deadpool took a lot of risks. They had to cut their budget down. And it's like the same thing with Joker. They had to take a lot of risks and had to take, you know, cut their budget down. And, you know, still make it work, still make it a feasible project, even though it literally costs the same amount of money to make Good Boys than it yeah. did to make The Joker. I'm curious to see, who was the original director of the first Deadpool? Oh, Miller? Uh, was it Miller? Yeah, I think so. Let me look it up. Anyway, um, not T.J. Miller. but uh, No. I, I'm curious to see what his Deadpool 2 would have been. Because I know he, Tim Miller. Tim yeah, Miller. Tim Miller. He said no to a higher budget for the second one. Because he wanted to keep it more down to earth like the first one was. Yeah. Um, and then he dropped off and they went for the higher budget Deadpool 2. I, they tried to still make it seem like it was under budget, but I mean, it had fucking time travel. Come on. Yep. So it's just, I'm curious to see what a second or what a sequel would have been. Because I like Deadpool 2, but I think Deadpool 1 is a better movie. No, absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, did you hear what happened with Ubisoft? Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft. Ubo. 
Now, what happened to Ubo? So they made Tom Clancy's Breakpoint a video game that is part of a beloved franchise, formerly beloved, because the game is a giant pile of shit and doesn't run well. And essentially, because of that, Ubisoft and other companies too, but mainly Ubisoft since it was their game, they've had to push back a lot of video games. Meaning uh, Watch Dogs Legion got pushed back. Any potential Assassin's Creed got pushed back. Like oh, wow. All their games that got pushed back to 2020 because their fiscal year was so terrible. Damn. Yeah. And which annoys me because I bought the big old collector's edition for Watch Dogs because I like those games. Oh, and fuck it had yeah. A, it had a fucking skull mask with a crown, uh. a digital crown. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little tryhard and I fucking want that. But now they're saying that... Uh, it's possibly going to come out for the next console generation. And I'm just like, well, fuck me. I hope I get a refund so I can get the newer version. Right? Jesus Christ. Well, hopefully they'll move you over. But, wow. I, you uh, saw, hey, 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 hey. Here's one thing, though. At least they're taking a step back. So here's the thing. Ubisoft will every once in a while make a bad choice in their games. Oh, yeah. But they usually are pretty good at redeeming themselves. Yeah. yeah if they do wait a little while, it could help. Yeah, they can really refine. That's what I've actually been asking for for years: is take two years between an Assassin's Creed game, please. They did that with Origins. I so know. that's what happened. They which, made, is, which is why Origins is good. They made Origins, U- and then well, it's which is why uh, what's it called? Odyssey. Odyssey is good. Right? Well, I mean, God they made damn it, too many Assassin's Creeds. They made Assassin's Creed Unity and Syndicate, probably some of the two blandest Assassin's yeah, Creed yet. No, I actually played both games all the way through Syndicate and Unity. Okay, they're not bad games, but they're definitely not great or they're kind of boring sometimes but i thought that syndicate was really the more boring one at least unity felt like an Dude, assassin's creed game how do you take the parkour mechanics away from a parkour game yeah that's what i mean like it's just like what's up with this hook thing why does he have a hat <laughs> i like the style i like the steampunk style so I that's like, like the, one of my favorite time period for sure but i mean it's just you got rid of what makes assassin's creed assassin's creed uh speaking of that time period uh have you heard of carnival row yeah, that's what you're talking. You're talking about this the other day oh. with uh, Mr. Orlando Bloom in it. Yeah, I don't know if you talked about it on podcast. I don't, I don't know either. I just like the show because it's steampunk, man. I love. All right, not steampunk. It's industrial revolution, Victorian age, right? The Victorian times. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the, the Victorian times. I don't know if the industrial revolution was like another time period or just another name for it. Yeah, maybe it's just another name. I think it's the Victorian times. Just this, the age, the steam age. I love right. the steam age. Yeah. Like it's. I felt like Unity got that like, you know. Unity's France is incredible. Right, right. It's got the like the geo- geographical location really down, um, but it kind of falls flat in the fact that, baby, you know, baby, you have to go run around with other people or, you know, the tripping mechanics, always tripping on people, always falling in Unity. I think we talked about this. Syndicate, on the other hand, tries to make everything vertical. And at least I know when I played it. It makes everything vertical, but the horizontal when you're up on that vertical plane is shitty because it's actually built like a real city where buildings are too far apart from each other so you can't jump. So you're constantly having to do the zip line shit, which is a boring mechanic. Yeah. That's the same thing I disliked about Revelations where you had like a little hook blade to pull yourself up. Like when you take away from one of the main features of your game then what's the fucking point what are you left with that's right i really should try to give syndicate another try though because it's been a long time and i've it's barely not, made it's forgettable any f- i wouldn't even bother yeah because i put a lot of, i put like 20 hours into unity on the pc just play black flag 
Yeah, that's, that's honestly like the, just, that's the one you haven't played. You need to play that one. And it's, if you want to play the Assassin's Creed game, that's the best one I can recommend. Yeah, Black Flag. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, As I rub my face in disappointment and anger. <laughs> it's okay. Well, Dude, your cat is just chilling on my lap right now oh, and yeah. just being this sweet. Why does she like me so much today? I don't know. She's just on you. Hello, is baby. It, is it my new uh, catnip bathing Maybe. soap I've been using? Maybe so. Maybe. Baby so. Baby so. All right, you gotta come up with a topic here. Okay, give me something. Give me something. Give, give me, me fuel. Some. Give me five. Ooh, I know it's fire. I just sometimes say five when I do it for some reason. I picked up Resident Evil Six on the Switch. I'm sorry. No, it runs great. No, no, no. no I'm great. sorry. <sighs> I like that game. I know it's it's a fun co-op. It's game. the fun Resident Evil. It's the one that you can be like, you can pick it up, play a level, be like, I'm done, and leave. But you don't play through co-op. I've been yeah I played I played a little bit of co-op with Robert when he was here on split screen. Robert? Robert was here. Robert? Oh, uh, what about me? No. Well, you're not Robert. My Jack to you? Mm, sure. Jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I was kind of surprised. I wasn't expecting it to run as good as it does and it it looks really good. Like it runs great. Uh cutscenes obviously run better than the game does, but they're pre-rendered. So, I don't know. The God, the general so consensus <laughs> the general consensus for me because it's like there's a part of me that i just I, I can't necessarily get with sequels i do like the purest kind of aspect if todd phillips would have stopped on the hangover one he would have had a comedy classic golden comedy classic for generations to come right but there is something to be said about refining down the way and there's the one thing that resident evil 6 does that other Resident Evil games don't do, that I wish other Resident Evil games would do. Tell me more. Tell me more. Does she look like a whore? <laughs> no, it's it's just... It's easier level... It's good level design. Like, you know where you need to go. It's sure it's a linear game, but... Resident Evil 2, I get so fucking lost all the goddamn time. I forget about which key I grabbed first. You know, if I grabbed the freaking statue arm before I got the spinel. It's like all these things that... So there's a lot of people you that... Know, but Resident Evil 6 is like the fun game. This is like... I'd, I'd almost say it would be better to start somebody off who doesn't know anything about Resident Evil with something like Resident Evil 6, where you can play with them, or 5, you know, even is okay. Uh, you can play with them and have fun. And, you know, the mission and story progression is clear and linear. I disagree slightly. Because, yeah, I mean, and I'm not even a Resident Evil fan, really, or a big one. I think so, dude. Two is a good way to start, too, if you're going to do the remake. But just in the gameplay mechanic world, Resident Evil 6 is really refined. And I didn't really realize how much it was defined until I've played it again now on the Switch. And it's been, what, eight years since the game came out? But think about it. Resident Evil 6 is more of a mainstream game, meaning there's so many games like it. That was the point of playing Resident Evil when you have all these other kind of copies like that that you can do. The the way the game the levels are designed. I mean, really the the. I mean, but you say the level designs are pretty linear. There's not really. It's a, linear, but it's clear. I've, like and it does give you that because I've been lost in Resident Evil Six. It does still, you know, it's not necessarily extremely clear. It's not holding your hand all the time, but where it's necessary to just run through a certain part, they'll they'll do it. You know what I mean? It's you don't right. spend so much time in one place backtracking because you thought that you grabbed the key from the fucking boiler room but you didn't grab the key from the boiler room and now you have to make your way all up the stairs right but your argument is like if you're going to start someone off start off of that game i think 
they should play any of the ones other than five or six, like even seven, because the main point of or every other Resident Evil franchise is that. Right. That is their thing. That is what they do. So I think if you want to introduce someone, this is kind of like a general topic that we're using for all, because there's a whole bunch of video games like this where you're like, you should try this one out because it's the more welcoming. But if you want to get someone into a franchise, which Resident Evil has validity to it. A lot of people love Resident Evil. You should get them into the purest one, like Resident Evil 4, where that one I True. feel like is less backtracking. True. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 is good. It's pretty linear. Resident Evil 4 is, I mean, aside from the whole Ashley thing, like it has a lot <sighs> yeah, less backtracking. It still has a good amount of action. It does. It was like one of the first things to do QTEs and shit like that, quick time events. Right. So if you're going to get someone in there, do that or do Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil 7 has like nothing to do yeah. with all the other games. They or really don't. Just like kind of nods the head. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Resident Evil 4 is a good title. So, so I for, you know, I forgot I about just, Resident Evil 4, to be honest. I've played that game so many times and I freaking forgot about it in general. Motherfucker, you were but, Leon but, for but, okay. Halloween. Well, then, yeah, well, let me guess. Like, let me say this then. I guess uh, if you're going to start with the Resident Evil game and you're new to it, Go with a third person one first. Right. But I was just kind of. Could be any of them, but just go with a third person one first. I was using Resident Evil as an example for a whole bunch of franchises as a whole, even movies and just anything really, where someone will say, hey, do this. It's the easiest entryway. But at the same time, it's not a good view of. The pa- the rest of the package you're getting. Right. Or the story, even because you're going to be lost. For, for, exam- sure. for example, um, Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. Um, I know you're not really into it. Um, I love Doctor Who. I've actually started rewatching it a little bit. Most of the time when you meet someone who's a fan of Doctor Who, they will recommend the episode Blink or Don't Blink. I, have you heard of this? With the angels in it, right? See? Right, You've heard yeah. about it. Of course. And I used to be part of the mindset of like, oh, yeah, this is a great introductory episode. But at the same time... It's not, right? It's not. Yeah, it's, it's really a great, not. It's a great episode. The best but, introductory episode is the first episode. Mm, With David Tennant. Right. Mm, I... I I would pick a different episode. There's one where he's on a bus with a whole bunch of strangers, David Tennant, and there's this whole mystery of what's happening. They're pretty much stranded while there's something trying to get into the bus. It's a who almost a who done it type thing. Oh, cool, cool. I think that's a better episode because Blink does barely has David Tennant in it, and who is this quintessential character? And it follows someone else who's not even in the rest of the season of the show. It's a great example of the kind of weird stuff they get into it, but it's so totally different from the rest of the show that if I'm trying to get someone into it, I'm not going to show them that episode anymore. I used to, but I'm like, I'm not going to recommend that episode anymore because it's just not an accurate depiction of what the entire show is like. Uh It's like trying to get telling people that there's a right way to watch star Wars. Like there's a right way to start it off and there's not. Yeah. You could go prequel first or original first and you're going to be fine either way. I guess it's all really just up to your discretion. Right. But I, it's, it's I guess I would just say I'm really talking, though, from a refinement standpoint. If you are on the Switch marketplace and you see Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6 next to each other, I suggest any of them are great, but I suggest 6 just because if you're wanting... I, I feel like 6 is what people imagine Resident Evil to be like, and then it's not like that at all because it's a lot slower paced. It's a lot more of the horror aspect. I never thought Resident Evil was an action-packed right, game. Right, but most people who are on the outside who'd never no, played like, it. I, yeah. When I was on the outside, which has been a lot of times... You kind of always assumed it was a survival horror. Well, yeah, but you're That's, more as avid it's marketed. Gamer. Right. Yeah. And also, like, who's just going to fucking hop into Resident Evil out of nowhere? Like, honestly... There are people. There are people who have never played it still. 
Ah, mm-hmm. baby, get the fuck off my... Okay, you're good. She's, She's standing on your penis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> standing on your penis or what? Every time I fucking hang out here with your cats, I always get one of their fucking hairs in my eyes, and it bugs the shit out of me, and it's disgusting. Well, welcome to my life on the daily. Every time I clean this house, I sneeze like eight times. Just put them down, dude, honestly. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, with that, thanks for listening to the Empty Glass podcast. And as always, follow us on Instagram at the Empty Glass and DM us. That's the only plug. Oh, yeah. Follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a review because we love you guys so much. Yeah, because I'm getting tired of seeing Pretty Punny Show. Pretty Punny Show. Yeah, that was a we're good comment. Even, we're not even punny. No, we're not. We don't make puns. I think he just missed the F key and hit the P key. I think that's what probably happened or something hey, like on an iPhone. you know what? You're so cool because you gave us five stars, but then you said it's okay, I guess. It's okay, I guess. It's really, I'm sure. Really okay. keeping me up at night with these fucking these, these, existential questions, Yeah, man. these conflicting ideals. Or girls. You got these conflicting ideals right here. Give yeah. us five stars, but it's okay, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, listening trends are looking good on Apple, so we're going to keep on Apple. Thanks, guys, for listening as always, and... Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not actually going to ban you from kissing. Yeah. I am. I, I think I do because... It's well, that's my mic, so... <laughs>